Welcome to Relationship University. My name is Natalie Bloom, therapist and counselor specializing in young professionals. Each episode, you'll hear uncommon conversations with real people and take away psychological insights and tools to strengthen your relationship to dating, friendships, partners, and work. But most importantly, improving the relationship you have to yourself. Thanks so much for joining me and let's get it started. In this episode, you will hear real-life personal dating stories and suggestions for how to overcome dating obstacles so you can have a better chance of getting on more dates with good people. We will cover straightforward ways you can create more exciting and fulfilling dating opportunities. And our guest today is my friend, Maya Ruth, who is a nurse practitioner specializing in sexual health. Maya has a talent for being able to talk to people about their most private, intimate medical concerns. And I constantly channel her when I'm working as a therapist because the way she connects with people to make them feel understood is unlike anything I have ever seen before. And just being around her is literally healing and a lot of fun. So we're going to have a great time today. Let's just get right into it. I really hope you love listening and learning from the podcast. And the podcast is not meant to be actual therapy or a substitute for a relationship with a mental health provider. Let's talk about, or today we're going to talk about online dating and app dating during COVID, but this is really not specific to COVID time. How long have you been single? Where are you right now? Like, what stage of life are you in? Okay. Uh, what what apps are you on? Like, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Let's get some let's, details. Let's set the scene. Okay, so I'm 33 years old. You may have said this in my little my little intro. In terms of where I'm at, I'm definitely looking for a relationship. And I, I always joke, I'm like, well, not joke. I'm looking for my husband. I mean, business at this point. Um, and I think that is a little different than other times in my life when I've been dating on the apps. I think you can get on for different reasons. and this round of apps it's like there's almost like rounds of dating right it's this round is a little bit more focused I would say so I've been single since the end of September um, and it is the end of December now it's hard to know Mm -hmm. COVID times and I joined the apps again another round in when would that have been maybe November and um, I'm only on one app right now. I'm only on Bumble. And I find I find multiple ones can be a little bit overwhelming. And this was enough um, for me. And I chose Bumble because you had mentioned it. And yeah, I guess I guess the main thing here is I'm looking in terms of dating. I'm definitely looking for a serious relationship as opposed to dating for like companionship or for sex or for fun or for other reasons that people may date. And I do think that is changing a little bit the way I'm going about this. It's like a job. It's like operation, find Maya's husband. Mission husband. Yeah. 507. I keep feeling like, you know, that children's book, are you my mother? And the, the bird just keeps going around to the different animals. It's like, are you my, I feel like I'm like, are you my husband? No. Are you my husband? <laughs> Are you my husband? Oh, but I don't know how it ends. <laughs> uh-huh. So this is not like an interview with Maya Fan, who's been married for 15 years. And this is the journey to 
tell you exactly how to find your perfect husband. So you're on the journey yes, right now. This is an interview with Maya Fan, who's been a professional dater for most of her adult life. So for people who don't know you, what does that mean that you've been a professional dater for most of your life? It means that I've been in a series, like some, I've definitely been in relationships and long-term relationships, but most of the time from my early 20s until now, right, my early 30s has been dating in some form. And there's been a lot of rounds of online dating. So this means I'm not someone who met my person, you know, my husband or a partner in college and has been with them since. This means I've dated a lot. I've been on the apps a lot. I've the amount of first dates I've been on, I, I don't, I couldn't even quantify that, but it's been a lot and um, not in a bad way. I mean, they're fun, but it, you get good at like what you practice. And I've um, definitely been practicing dating. And I feel like at this point, I have like a major in dating and minor in breakups. You know, it's just because it, you just do it. So you, I've just done it a lot at this point because that's just what happens when you've lived life. Have you gotten your 10,000 hours? I'm getting there. Yeah. I think you have. You probably have. Between the between you and I, <laughs> I, think we, I think we've definitely had <laughs> PhD, <laughs> MD, JD in dating. So not, not in a showing off way, mm-hmm. but you and I, we're in our 30s. We've had relationships. We've dated. We've been proactive. So- uh, we have some experience to share. I think yeah. you, you even more than, than me, like my favorite term is to say that you're a prolific dater, yeah. like the prolific baker in Palo Alto that has really good cake. Oh, do you know that oh, place? Um, prolific bakery. Prolific oven. A oven. I think it closed, but yes. So you have a lot of dating experience. Um, you are going out with a lot of people. You're making connections whether or not that person is someone you want to stay with for a long, long time, there's a way that you are able to really get out in the world and connect and meet good people and explore this. Mm-hmm. Um, about how many guys are you messaging on the apps or text and texting with? How many dates are you going on a week? Yeah. Where, how, how have you progressed each of those dates? Is there someone that it sounds like there's someone that maybe you're seeing yeah. Now, someone, in addition, how does it, what does it look like? Someone I'm seeing now that I definitely didn't even meet on the apps, which is its own story. So I guess I should preface by saying, like, I'm in between jobs right now. So I'm not, I don't start my next job until February. So I have a lot of free time. And this is kind of how I've approached dating before is when I have more space, I'll do the dating and I'm aware that this isn't available for everyone. And I'm not even necessarily recommending it. I'm just kind of sharing what my experience is. So because of the nature of both COVID that nothing's going on and the nature that I don't have a job, I've been able, or I rather I'm in between jobs. I've been able to put in way too much time into dating and going on dates. So, you know, I've, I've been going on like dates most days of the week, or at least some type of video date most days of the week. And I should have counted. I didn't count like the amount of people I'm talking to. And it it really ebbs and flows, right? Like you'll be talking to a bunch of people and then they disappear. I don't know, maybe like four to six dates a week or something like that. From an outsider's perspective, that kind of sounds like a dream and like everything's perfect. Like 
wow, like Maya, she's going on all these dates. Things are progressing. It's easy for her. So tell me about your felt experience, like what it's actually like. And what are some of the things that people are not hearing yet about your experience? Yeah, no, it's not easy at all. This is like my job right now. So like I said, I was on, I'm on like mission, find a husband. So I was putting so much effort into that. And honestly, I think it was too much effort. Like I needed to step back and my life wasn't really balanced because all I was doing was going on dates, which doesn't, it doesn't feel good. It's not nourishing. It's not like fulfilling. Like when I talk to you, I always feel really fulfilled. It's hard and it's also a lot of work. So I'm putting in the effort because I want a result. And I guess the result would be dates and then finding someone. So I always try to remind myself like, okay, why are we on these dates? Or rather, why are we on these dating apps? And it's like, okay, it's to meet people. So let's fucking meet people. I think we put up too many roadblocks to the meeting of people. And I, it's different with COVID now. So it's like a little, a little weird, but just, you know, you, you want, the idea is that you're meeting these people that either you maybe wouldn't in real life or you would, but you wouldn't have gotten, you know, you wouldn't have been in the bar or the restaurant or whatever in the same time, but maybe you have like a familiar Facebook network or you would, you would have met them. I I just, I, you know, I try to remind myself that, but no, it's not easy. It's draining. Most of my first dates after my breakup, I came home and cried like to my roommate or to you. It's really, it can be demoralizing. It's, oh my God, it's draining. It's like, there's no one out there that I'm interested in. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard. I mean, I like talking to people. I'm, I'm, ex, I'm extroverted. My job is to ask questions for a living. I'm a nurse practitioner. You know, I work in family medicine, primary care. So it's a lot of um, conversation and asking open-ended questions to get answers about whatever issue they came in with. So I'm used to just asking questions. That's, that's partly what I do. So I enjoy that aspect of dating, but to make it sound all rosy and great is total bullshit. Cause it's, <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not. And, um, it's hard not to feel like this podcast is like, this is how you should do it. But th- that's not all. That's not what it is at all. It's just like, this is my experience and I've, I've dated and this is my, this is my story. Yeah. And I think that that's part of why I love you is because of the humility. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you're not trying to tell anyone what to do or like you have it all figured out. No. Um, you don't, but you also do have some shit figured out, which is why you're talking about this. Yeah. So I think some of the things that I'm hearing is that dating is not easy for you or it's not magically happening for you because of some special reason. Like you're hotter than others, even though you're, you're pretty damn gorgeous. Um, or you, you have some sort of magical, uh, like my cousin says, uh, beer flavored nipples, mm. <laughs> this stuff where you're going out all the time on dates and having a high rate of dating success in terms of numbers and nice people that you're meeting is because you're working really hard at it. So you, you called it a job. Yeah. So you're treating it like a job. You're getting back to people. Yes. You also are in your comfort zone as well because you are extrovert. You're very extroverted. You also, for work, you practice um, asking open-ended questions. You're also a super curious person. Mm-hmm. I think something to add to that is you're also a very open-minded person. Mm-hmm. And 
as you had mentioned briefly, you don't create roadblocks to meeting someone, which a lot of people do, including myself, which you've helped, you've helped me a lot with that. Um, so I wonder if you could talk about how you define a roadblock and what kind of roadblocks you've seen other people encounter that have prevented them from meeting up with someone on a date. Yes, I would love to talk about this because I feel like a lot of times we're our own worst enemy and I feel like we have to like get ourselves out of the way to actually go on these dates. So this this doesn't apply to everyone, of course. But what I mean is, is that people are on these apps to meet people, right? And to go on dates. And I think what happens too often is for various reasons, people put up these roadblocks. And when I say that, I mean, you are coming up with excuses or things that you don't like which is stopping you from meeting someone. And let's be clear, I'm not talking about like major red flags or something where you're thinking, okay, there's just like no way I'm into this guy. He just, there's no way. I'm talking about, oh, well, in his third picture down, his left arm kind of (laughs) smaller than his right arm. (laughs) Or like, oh, well, when he texted, he only used, he used like the cry emoji, but not like the sad emoji. And that's kind of weird. (laughs) Um, like I don't know he seems a little bit short but like I can't tell um I mean that's that's I I get that but basically there's so many things I've heard this is mostly women this is going to be a very biased like me as a woman dating men very heteronormative discussion just because that's my experience so that is important to say but basically like all these excuses and things before you've even met the person and it wouldn't be a big deal if that, if you're right, like if you really have a feeling when you're not going to like a guy and every time you've gone on those dates, you don't like them. Okay. I'll give you that. But so often you hear like, Oh, I would have totally swept, swiped, (laughs) swept, uh, swiped no on this person. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, don't, you know, your people are second guessing themselves too much. They're putting too much stock and effort into all the messages back and forth. And then that makes it like overwhelming. And then, then they don't even get to to the date. It's like, just get to the fucking date. My God, like then try to make those decisions. But listen, getting to that date, like what has to happen from match to first date is it's actually a miracle that we even go on any dates. Like when I think about everything that has to be aligned perfectly for it to happen. Right. So on one hand, on one hand, there's, there's a way that we can prevent ourselves from actually getting to meet someone when we're judging things that don't really have to be judged or we're like, we're like fortune telling uh-huh. or like kind of like thinking like, oh, I know that this guy or this, this woman is not going to be for me because of reasons that are kind of silly or reasons that you might not even have if you met that person in person. Exactly. That's what it is. It's like, listen, if you know, you really, really only like, I can't come up with something like, you know, someone really, really isn't your type. That's different. That's not what I'm talking about. It's these like little things exactly that like in person, you wouldn't, wouldn't stop you. Right. So maybe we can talk about um, an example that you saw with me where I created a roadblock that you called me out on my shit and you were like, cut it out. So many. So many. (laughs) Start with that. So it's anywhere from first, there's just the not getting back to people because you're overwhelmed and there's too many things. And I've, I'm doing that right now. Totally. So, but for you, I remember 
there was someone that I was interested in and we were talking about getting together on a first date on a Friday. That Friday he had a dinner party and we didn't make set plans because he wasn't sure how late the dinner was going to go, but we said, okay, we'll get together probably that night should be okay. So it wasn't definite, mm-hmm. but he had let me know on Friday, Hey, actually the dinner's going late. So can we reschedule it? And to me, that kind of came across like he, oh, I thought he was interested, but maybe he's not like, I was a little butthurt about it. I thought I I was putting all this, I was writing all these scripts in my head about what that meant and writing him off almost until getting into your, we talked about it. Yeah. You're getting in your own way. So you have to remember, this is like, they don't know you yet right? Like you guys have just been talking for a little bit. So yes, you want someone that's treating you with respect and is excited, but they don't even know to fucking be like super, super into you yet. Cause you haven't even met yet. So I remember reading the text and it, it was, it was really clear. He was communicating well. And to me, it seemed really obvious he wanted to see you, but the dinner was going late. So it wasn't a reason not to get together with this person. And then I said to you, I think like, yeah, you should still go on a date with him. Don't don't write it off so quickly. Cause especially if that writing off is coming from being butthurt, that's not fear is that's not a good reason to, um, to stop something. I don't like it when fear rules us, right? So fear of rejection, or I don't know a nicer way of saying butthurt, but yeah, don't just stop a date or don't stop something from even happening. You guys hadn't even met yet. Right. So don't stop that from happening. Cause you were butthurt that his dinner went late and you made up a whole story for yourself, which we, we, all have done that before. You had read the text messages and you were like, chill out. And I ended up going on our first date. Yes. And we ended up being in a relationship for a year and he wasn't ever flaky. He was totally into it. He was very communicative, but I had taken a snapshot of something that diverted from what I thought would be Mm -hmm. like the right move on his part. Mm -hmm. And I almost dismissed him. So that's my that's my growth edge, I know. Mm-hmm. It's something that you're really good at, Maya, that you're really non-judgmental. You're judgmental when it comes to a lot of things, but not when it comes to having patience with people and remembering that guys and gals, like we're people. We're humans. And and you don't know these people yet. Like these are strangers. That's what I'm trying to say. Like obviously if there's some big thing they do or you really are getting a bad taste in your mouth, okay. And people have great intuition and I love it when people trust their intuition, but I know you (laughs) and I know that sometimes that gets you get in your own way with that. So that's why I was extra um, pushy about still seeing him because there was literally nothing wrong that happened. Like I always joke, it's like, oh, he put the period in the wrong space. We can't go on a date. It's like, no, let's 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 like let him put the period where he needs. Like still go on a date. We don't. Yeah, these we don't know. Dating is to get to know someone, right? But you don't know these people, especially in the beginning. And just just to circle back, like it's already hard enough to go from match to relationship. I kind of want to. Can I just like go through some of the ways it's hard? This might not be the most uplifting, but I just find it really interesting to be like, wow, all these things have to happen. So we're kind of like going to close up that topic for now about how to be reasonable mm-hmm. when you're talking to people that you're dating that you don't know yet to be flexible yes to not overanalyze if there's red flag there's red flag that's okay but to be a little bit patient and flexible if someone's not texting you interacting with you exactly the way that you would hope right and in the style that you would hope right 
No, I was just going to say, like, think about all the things that might be going on in their life. Like they may not be on the app because maybe they met somebody and. Right. Yeah. I think one of the things that you're really good at that allows for you to meet so many people is you give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. So you're not operating from like a negative assumption about their intentions or where they're at. There's a, there's some patience that you have and understanding um, because you actually don't know this person and um, you kind of let things play out. You, you depersonalize it. Yes. That you have to depersonalize it because it's not personal because everyone's at different points in the wave. If you think about it in this dating, in this dating metaphor, like we're all on different points of the wave. So we might be like in the middle of it at the bottom. And what I mean by that is like, okay, maybe someone's getting out of a relationship and they're just on the app. So they're really starting strong and they're on it every day. Okay. Or maybe they've just started, you know, fucking someone. So there's not as much incentive to be on it. So they're not responding as much. Maybe they just went on a date and they're distracted and not as into it. There is, there is a lot that has to happen for the, just the match to happen. And you know, you have to like match and then someone has to message and you have to get back to that message. And then, you know, you have to, that person has to not get distracted with another date they're on. And then you have to not get butt hurt by the period being in the wrong place. And then you have to switch to the phone. And wow, there's a lot of lost souls when the phone switch happens. Like switching from texting on the app to texting on your phone. Yeah. I found so you, so you have to exchange the number. So someone has mm-hmm. to ask, mm-hmm. Oh, would you like to exchange numbers? Right. Someone has to text yeah. first. And that can, I've had a lot of deaths at that point. No, like a lot of things. Dating, like dating deaths. <laughs> yeah. Like dating deaths before. And let's all keep in mind, you have to also still want to meet this person, right? Like so often right now, for example, what's happening with me, I'm a little bit not incentivized to really go on some more dates right now. Cause I'm kind of like, starting something. So I don't have that fire in my, in my belly or in my (laughs) fire in my loins. In your loins. (laughs) The loin fire needs some more wood for you to be as persistent with getting back to people at this point in your dating wave. Exactly. So you have, you know, you exchange numbers, you have to actually want to meet, then you actually have to make the time, then you have to meet basically again, not to be demoralizing, but just to be straight up. Like it is hard to go from match to date, let alone match to relationship. A lot of things have to be in the right place. And a lot of those things are not personal. So it's not even about them not being as into you or you not being this enough or that enough. It's just like, it it feels a little bit out of control, out of your control, which kind of makes it, that's part of like the numbers game that you just have to keep going until all those stars align or whatever you know it's hard to not say that term stars aligning even though we really did don't want to say it because it's so cliche I feel like you have a metaphor with cheese and because we talked about breakfast sandwiches I feel like that's metaphor can we can we can we hear that okay okay everybody picture Swiss cheese right now okay we're all picturing it so it has like those holes right is there a mouse there too or um There's no, there's no mouse unless you really want it to be a mouse, but I like where you're going with. So, so there's a hunk of cheese and it has like the holes in it, right? Cause it's Swiss cheese. And if you think about it, you have to get from, to go from one side of the cheese to the other, which is like match to the date or match relationship. You have to get through all those holes, but they all have to align perfectly, 
right? Like, but the cheese, those holes aren't all in a row. Basically, this is a really long convoluted way of saying how everything has to really fall into place to go from one side to the next. And um, I think what I was most struck with, with this most recent round of dating was I had forgotten how many things have to just perfectly fall into place. And it's hard. Right. So even for this prolific dater over here who has a lot of dating experience, who's extroverted, who feels natural on dates, it's even hard for you Mm -hmm. for the mouse to climb through all the cheese holes in the right way to get to the other side of the cheese. There we go. Way to bring that mouse back in. Thank you. (laughs) So this is important. And this is important because dating is hard. And a lot of people feel alone about that or feel like, how come I can't start a relationship? Why haven't I been in a relationship? Or why haven't I found the right person? Or why is it hard for me to even get on a first date? Mm -hmm. Because that is hard to get on a first date. Because it is hard. That's the reason. It's hard because it's hard. And there's a lot of hoops to go through and uh, and there's a lot of persistence. No, but it's very doable. You just have to just more work. So I, I just had a phone call yesterday with a new client who's in her mid twenties mm-hmm. and she's never been in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's all these things that come up for her around why that is. And the story that she's telling herself is that something's wrong with me. What is wrong with me? Am I not pretty enough? Am I doing something wrong? And my guess is that there's a lot that could probably contributes to why she's not, she hasn't been in a relationship probably also because it is hard. Like it is hard. So I just want to kind of put it out there. There's things that we can do to try to maximize our dates and our potential for finding a great relationship. And also there's, there's a part of that that's, that's luck. There's a part of that that's attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, the love that we got from our parents and family that makes us feel worthy enough to even pursue people, um, self-esteem. There's a lot of aspects to this. So um, good point. Yeah. It, you also have to have mutual attraction, right? Like you have to be into the person. So most of my dates, 90% or more is it goes like this. They're nice. I can talk to them. I'm just not into, really that into it. I'm not excited. That's how most, there's really no disasters often, you know, you have a couple, maybe thankful, thankfully I haven't had too many, but most of it's just like, meh, like that's dating. Meh. So, 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 so many, so many are meh. So I, for me, I think the biggest challenge for me has been really finding that spark and being like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do this. Cause what happens is. And what I'm kind of struggling with now is like, okay, it's a second date. I'm interested. I'm getting to know them. I don't know yet. And that's okay. I keep reminding myself like, okay, you date to figure those things out and you date until you know. And when I say, you know, I mean like, do you want to keep getting to know this person? Are you still interested? Do you see a possible future? And when those questions get answered, as soon as that answer to one of those questions is no, for me, that means you stop dating because of what I'm looking for. I'm hearing that you have to go through a lot of boring, dull, non-exciting dates and probably not like, you're not so like, wow, I love texting people 24 seven. This is so fun. A lot of 
drudgery yeah. <laughs> in order to eventually find someone that there is a spark or a, or a potential spark. In order to progress things in dating, you have to have a lot of tolerance for boring and non-exciting right. dates and, and, can, and keep going. And dates might seem boring if you yourself are not in a emotionally open place. Yes. If you're feeling good, let's say that you've ended a relationship, you've taken some time, whatever that time is for you to take a pause, do your own thing, go to therapy um, if you're not already doing that and get some space and you feel like you're in an open place of, I can meet someone new and I can discover and I think I'm ready to see if there's connections then dates might seem more exciting mm-hmm. because there's an your heart is more open right and there's an openness to experience there's something that works really well if you are in a place where you're open and not fresh off a breakup not going through a lot of work stress right now or there's sick family member or something like that if if there is a little bit of emotional space and physical space for you to have the experience or allow for the experience of dating, there can be a lot of positives in it, even if you don't meet that person right away. Yes. So when I was single, I, and when I was in a good place, so mind you, I think we go, as you'd mentioned, we go through waves of being excited about dating and then we get fatigued after a while. So when, when I was in an open place with dating, I would give different people chances. I would try to do dates at restaurants where I could try a new food or go to a new neighborhood. It didn't really matter if it ended up to be someone that became my boyfriend. It was more like, oh, this person could be a friend of mine. I could, I, I will always learn something from someone or from the experience. Maybe I go to a restaurant or I go to an activity and some I meet someone who works there and she says something really interesting and that triggers an idea. That's worth it. That's worth my time. So there can so dating when we're open can have the possibilities for enjoying life. I was talking yes. to a client a client yesterday and she's been feeling pretty isolated during COVID and she feels like connecting. And so she reached out to somebody and they're going to go on a hike next week and this was an opportunity for her to just go and have a conversation with someone and be in nature. And that was actually a really big accomplishment for her because historically she put up a lot of hurdles to meet someone out of a lot of fear and, and, and other things that she's going through. Mm -hmm. But she took the attitude this time of, I'm just going to set up this date. We're going to go on a hike. I really want to go on a hike and I don't have anyone else to go on a hike with right now. Mm -hmm. And Let's just be present and enjoy that experience. So when we do that, we can enjoy dating as a part, as a fun part of life, almost like a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, versus a job. That's my hobby. Maybe you know everyone asks what your hobbies are. <laughs> is that your hobby, Maya? Sure. Now it is. It can be a hobby. Can you imagine? You have the opportunity to meet everyone that you might want. That also might have some interest, mutual interest towards you. Mm-hmm. And you get to have, you have no idea who this person is mm-hmm. and you can go to a different place. You can ask any question that you want. 
you can even talk about your own things that you're going through. It could almost be like a therapy session right. in a way, right? If you want, you know, whatever it is that you want, or you can, what did you say? You had a really good burrito and you talked about finances. You got like a free oh, financial. Yeah. I've gotten, oh, I had a free like chiropractic session where I asked about my back problems. I've had like financial planning sessions. Um, I, I mean, I, think, I, I also tend to go into dates with like, okay, most humans are cool. I, this is a very optimistic view, right? Most humans are cool. I'll get to at least talk about something that's interesting. The openness, it's so key and it's where you want to try to come from. It's not always possible, right? Like sometimes you are really stressed at work and shit's going on and you don't want to take a break from dating necessarily because you still want to really be with someone. That's okay. It's just good to keep that in mind and again, know where you're coming from. And if possible, approaching it with some playfulness and some levity is, is I think, a really good tactic. And like maybe you don't meet your date and you don't click necessarily, but the like barista you're really attracted to. And you slide them your number or? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I feel like that'd be a good, you know, good story. I think, yeah, if you can approach it with that open attitude and you're going to learn something and you'll at least gain something from it, it won't feel as exhausting as it can when you go on dates and you're not interested in that person. I think one of the things that makes dating challenging is the ratio Mm -hmm. of boring, non-chemistry dates to the ones that are fun and sparky and have the potential to turn into something. So what I noticed for myself is that if I'm in a dating round where I'm uh, dating some people, and let's say that I go on five dates and the second, third, and fourth date are great, but the first and fifth are not. That's a really high success ratio. So I'm going to be more energized and excited. Okay. There's three people that I'm clicking with and we'll see where it goes from there. Some other times when I've been single in the past, I've gone on five or 10 dates that were meh. And when they're meh, that gets tiring fast. There's no incentive to continue. Right. It's like, why am I going through the whole process of getting dressed up, schlepping myself over to wherever the date is? Mm -hmm. And this is just really disappointing. And I'm fucking tired. Yeah. And I'm kind of done. And where is the person I want to be meeting? And I don't know how to find him. And it feels very discouraging. Of course it does. So one of the things that has been really helpful is taking advantage of COVID dating. COVID dating is a time where um, a lot of us are not comfortable meeting up with people in the same way or the frequency that we did previously. Yeah. So what I would do is take a much more casual approach and more open approach actually Mm -hmm. to messaging and dating because I would do more phone calls and FaceTimes in the, within the comfort of my own home. You had more time. You didn't have to get ready and schlep. You could do you could do that. Your time wasn't as precious because you had more of it to date with. Right. And it's more socially acceptable to call someone or FaceTime someone, which is a really great way to get a sense for someone. Yes. You know, those dates where you text and it's like, oh, there's such great t- text chemistry or or we'll, you know, or or even if it's not great text chemistry, it's like okay, let me be open. We'll meet, and then you see the person, and for that first one well, second, you're like, no, nope. hell no. I wish I had a buzzer. No. I wish I had like a, eh, like a thirty second. Like it's just you just know sometimes, and those that those dates are hard can be hard to get through for sure. 
Right. And it's part of what makes it draining. Like, yeah. If I know in a second that I'm not into, attracted to this person, I could have found out sooner. The phone calls and FaceTimes can be really good for that. And I do you find that to be true? Yeah, I'm inter- sorry, I'm interrupting because I'm like, you are, yeah, you're really good at that. And I actually can learn from you in that. You were doing that before COVID. I remember you would do that occasionally, not with all dates, but occasionally you would do that. And I think I've probably gone on like, 10 dates where if I had had a phone call, not in my life, like in this most recent round, (laughs) (laughs) how many rounds are there? (laughs) It's like, how, how much has this bitch been dating? My God. Okay. Okay. Can you see there has been at least 10,000 hours? I, I, it's possible. I don't, I don't know if I'm not. And also like, how many hours is that? But I think you're hitting a, a really good point that this is something where we can take advantage of that and know that there's chemistry or at least an interest beforehand that you would even want to see them a second time. I, it was a Saturday morning and I was actually starting to get a little bit fatigued with the dating because you get fatigued after a while. And my apartment was messy because I had a busy week. I wanted to clean things up. I was in my PJs and I was like, let me just, let me just call a bunch of these guys that are on the app that I was using because there's a call feature and just kind of like uh, eliminate them while I'm doing the dishes. While I'm doing the fucking dishes. Like great double. It's very, very, very efficient. Very good. So my boyfriend was one of those people that because of his planning or lack thereof, uh, or what I thought was lack thereof, I, he was one of the people I called. And when we talked on the phone, I was blown away by our instant click. Right. And that almost wouldn't have happened. This is what I'm talking about roadblocks. Like it's, it's such a delicate topic. I, I get why you did it, but like that almost didn't happen because you thought, oh, this guy isn't planning enough for me. I'm not even going to talk to him. It always goes back to balance. balance. Everything is balance. Yes. There's a balance. And I'm really glad that in that week that you guys didn't talk, he didn't meet someone or you didn't meet someone. I think, I think there was some fear. It was like, there was some defense, defensive, that's a better word for it. Uh, there was a lot of defensiveness, I think, in the beginning, but for both of you. And thankfully it worked, but usually coming from, you know, being so defensive isn't isn't the best place to come from. Right. So that's something that you're really talented at, Maya, and something that I definitely have been working on myself. Mm-hmm. We can all be introspective to see what am I doing in my dating life that's helping me? Yeah. And what am I doing in my dating life that's hurting me? Yes. So for me, I tend to be a little bit too quick to judge and to eliminate people or not get back to people and give people chances. And that can be harmful to my ability to meet someone who's great. And it has been. And you've actually, you're probably responsible for my last few relationships because I would have fucked it up mm-hmm. by eliminating some people that are, that were great for me. Um, obviously the past people were, you know, not great for me in certain reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, but even in my current relationship, you helped me to see things from my current boyfriend's side of perspective and to be patient, to understand. And, um, I would jump to a extreme conclusion that something's really wrong when it's just like, Oh yeah, people are different. Mm -hmm. And, Something that I was really strong at when I was dating was having really good boundaries, speaking up for what I needed, and also having fun with it. 
I think that I was really good at finding new friendships through dating, having new experiences, also being independent and patient when things, when I didn't find like the, the spark that I was hoping to find. What are the things that you would like to work on in your dating life? And what are the things that you think you're strong at in your dating life? I love this question. So I think I'd actually like to work on being a little bit more uh, selective in the sense of like, do I really think this date is going to go somewhere? Because I feel like this most recent round, God, I've said that a lot. Um, because I've had more time, I've gone on a couple dates with people where I'm like, well, what else am I doing on a Wednesday at 2 p.m.? You know, but I kind of knew that date wasn't going to go anywhere. So I think what that would look like is actually being more true to myself. I also have the issue of like, it's so hard not to do the whole thing of like, oh, but there might be something better. There might be something better. Let's keep shopping. Let's keep shopping. Let's, oh, this is, you know, I'm going to make it the best person. And it's like, okay, first of all, we're not buying a helmet here. We're not buying a car. I don't even know what analogy to use. Like there's no perfect person that's going to make me stop looking. It's a choice. It's going to be a choice. It's going to be like, okay, this person is someone I want to work with and build something with. This is for me. I know I'm not going to have that. Like, this is it. This is perfect. I'm set. I'm always going to kind of be like, oh, but what about that person? Oh, and that person. So my challenge is really putting all my energy and uh, fire into one spark and allowing that spark to see it to really grow and see if that spark can become a flame and then a fire as opposed to getting distracted and putting energy into a lot of different things. This has been awesome. I think we could continue. I know for a fact we can continue to talk more about dating strategies, techniques, tips, the hard things about dating, the annoying things about dating Mm -hmm. for probably the next 30 years. We could talk about this because we've spent, (laughs) hopefully we won't be necessarily dating during it, but we can (gasps) talk about it. Yes. Yes. I agree with you. There can be many more episodes to come that focus a little bit more on dating and specific strategies and tips and stories and such. So if you were to approach this dating time with a mindfulness and introspection that you were just talking about, how would you date in a way that would, that future Maya, future Maya in 10 years from now would really appreciate? Damn it. That's such a good question. I'm in, I'm in a weird situation right now, honestly, with starting something with a friend, just getting romantic with a friend and kind of wondering if there's even a future in that. So this is an especially hard question for me to answer right now. Maybe just being as honest and open with everyone that I am dating and with myself and uh, knowing that I can't, I can't predict things and I can't write the script. There's this way I want to be in control of everything really can't be so maybe letting go a little bit you can you can't control everything but you can be transparent with the people that you're dating and with yourself as much as possible to contribute to that to the script but yeah this isn't to be to be continued to be determined this is kind of an interesting turning turning point or not maybe who knows you might talk to me in a week and be like "Ah, i'm back to dating 12 people a day no (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for this chat today and cheers to many more. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for bringing your light and 
for sharing so much. And I can't wait to chat again. Thank you so much for listening. My takeaway from the conversation with Maya is that being single or being independent, as I like to call it, can make us feel alone and discouraged at times. And that really is a natural part of the process that we all go through throughout our lives. What I also took away was that it can be really helpful to ask myself, what am I doing as a dater that's working really well? And what might be my dating blind spot or area of growth? This is going to be different for all of us. And as you can see, no one has it figured out and that's okay. We're all doing the best we can. So that concludes the first semester of Relationship University. Please stay tuned in for the next episodes where I'll cover all things relationship, psychology, and introspection. We will cover everything from how becoming a therapist can change your relationship, to modern day masculinity, to the impact of jealousy and comparison in our lives, and just so much more. This has been so wonderful. And in the meantime, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Relationship Podcast. And if you found this to be insightful, please help me reach others who this also might be helpful to by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And feel free to share this with someone who you think might benefit from hearing these topics in the way that we're approaching it. This is Natalie Bloom. Excited to continue the conversation with you and remembering that through awareness comes connection. Talk to you next time. I hope you had a great time listening. Again, just a friendly reminder that the podcast is for informational purposes only. Relationship University is not intended to be a substitute for psychological, psychiatric, or medical advice, or diagnosis and treatment, or actual psychotherapy with a therapist or psychologist. If you're desiring or needing mental health support, please seek the advice of your medical provider or other qualified mental health professionals. If you think this may be a mental health emergency, please call your doctor or 911 immediately or go to your local emergency room. Life can be challenging sometimes and everyone goes through tough things. And I hope you're seeking professional support from your own personal therapist if that's something that you think would be beneficial to your life. I appreciate your time to listen to this and take care.